0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Picture this. You have decided that you are going to obey God. Maybe you're inspired by a sermon or another Christian in your life. Something. You have decided where you've been putting off in this one area you are going to obey God. Now imagine this. All of a sudden, you find yourself with the perfect opportunity to return to that old familiar friend, that sin that promises you comfort and leaves you with shame. You don't want to give in, but then you hear a voice inside your head, Saying, did God really say? You see, this has been going on since the beginning of time, literally. In our Old Testament lesson, we see newly created Adam and Eve receiving just one command. They were not saved by this command. But they could leave their state of grace by breaking it. So the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man. He had not yet formed Eve. He commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now we might ask, Why did God even put this tree of knowledge of good and evil in there in the first place? The answer is that he wanted a relationship of love with us. A relationship means that you give up certain things in order to be with that person. Adam and Eve were to give up the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For God... This relationship of love would cost him everything. But here was the situation in the garden. Adam and Eve had been commanded, and they originally had every intention of keeping this command. They desired to do it. God gave them every single good thing. God even saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone and gave him a companion his wife, Eve. And just like we do after we hear God's word, we say, this is good. I agree with it. I want to be a part of it. But then look what happened. The scripture tells us, now the serpent was more crafty crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, notice that he doesn't directly go to Adam. And Adam received the command first. But Eve knew it, for it had been shared by her husband. He goes to Eve and says, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The devil's first attack was to get Eve to do what he always tries to do. He tried to get her to question God's word. He does the same thing with you and and I. He wants us to question, doubt, and shut our ears to the hearing of God's word. However, when Eve was presented with doubt, she answered the devil with the sure and certain word of God. She says, we may eat of the We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Her answer is good. It is to the point. She knew what God said, and she relayed that to the devil. But this did not stop him. He replied, You surely won't die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will rather be open, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. The devil tried to get Eve to doubt the severity of the punishment. Death, what's death? Hell, what's hell? He also tried to get Eve to question why God would hold back from her. You know, Eve, you should really question the motives of God. Why is he not letting you in on everything that he knows? What's his motive? In other words, is God really as good as he says he is if he's holding this back from you? Eve, you should really question that. He does the same thing with us. I know I'm not supposed to tell my lies about my neighbor, but it's okay if I tell a lie this time because it's true. Or I can talk bad about my neighbor because it's true. Or we can say, I know that I'm not supposed to sleep with anyone other than my wife or my husband. A person can look, can't they? You see where I'm coming from? The devil wants acknowledges the command, but is it really that big of a deal? And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And here's the kicker. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They gave in, and this changed everything. I want to bring up where Adam was because Adam is the one in the New Testament who gets the blame. As we read in today's reading, it said, the one man, Adam, sinned and sin reigned. And we always think, well, it was Eve that did it. Adam received God's word from the very mouth of God and was to relay that to all people after him. And where was he when the devil was tempting? Was he being her champion as Christ is our champion? We're going to see a very different Adam when we look at Jesus. When the devil tempts him, he stands. And who is he standing for? He's standing for his bride, the church. Adam did not stand for his bride. I believe full well that he was using her as a guinea pig. He's always wondered. And if she eats and then she dies right there, whatever death is, then I'm going to say, well, I told you so, and I'm not going to eat of it. But if she eats and something amazing happens, then I'm going to take. Because I've always wondered. Who's he caring more about in that situation? Himself or his bride? Himself. You see, his sin had already happened. He should have spoke. Paul tells us that sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. Adam was the first and we are no different than him. Death reigns and we need to be rescued. And thanks be to God, he sends us the gift of his Son. Paul tells us the gift is not like the trespass. For if many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? God cares so much for you and I that even though we are sinners, he gives us a gift instead of the punishment that we've earned. Even though we question God's command, we ponder the sin. We disrespect God by breaking his command. He does not leave us in our shame. Just like a three-year-old can rise up and say, no, I will do it my way. That's how we are with God. And somehow he keeps his cool. With a three-year-old of my own, I know this is no small feat. But he keeps his cool. And he atones for our sin. He sent his sinless son, Jesus, to be our sin, our guilt, our shame, our death on his cross. And this one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. You know, all sin is paid for. All sin. Even the sins of those who don't receive that forgiveness. What a shame. What a shame that they don't receive it. What a shame when we don't receive it. In order to be our sinless sacrifice, Jesus had to do the exact opposite of what Adam did and what we do. He had to resist. It says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. This should be our first clue that there is something different from the way that we were tempted to the way that God was tempted, that Jesus was tempted. When we are tempted, we are tempted to do what? Break the commandments by doubting God's word. The devil's temptation for Jesus was to, was to test if he really is the son of God. He never says, did God say? He says, prove to me that you are the son of God. And he gives three different temptations. And all of these temptations have to do with no suffering. Getting what you want without suffering. Have everybody obey you without suffering. But here's the difference if Jesus were to make all of us obey Him, which He could do, would that be a relationship? No. It would be tyranny. Jesus lays down his life so that if you want the relationship, the door is open. There is nothing holding you back. You can walk away at any time. He will not make you live in freedom, He brings you to that place. But you are free to go. He desires a relationship. Jesus knows that a relationship is going to come the hard way. Their sin is going to have to be paid for. If we are to talk, there is going to need to be forgiveness. So he begins his march to the cross. And he responds to the devil, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus, even under the severest temptation, he remains our champion. He is our fortress, our stronghold. He is the one that we run to in our temptation. And when the devil tempts us, Jesus accomplished your forgiveness on the cross. The devil continues to tempt you day in and day out. And just because the victory is won, it doesn't mean that you still can't fall away or still can't give in. But we can respond differently. We're not earning our salvation by this obedience, What we would rather do. Is say devil. You are right. I've been prone to this temptation millions of times. I've given in. I've given in just as many times as I've been tempted. But I have a champion. Who has fought for me. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He has paid for this sin. I am his. I don't have to commit these sins that you talk about. Away from me. Jesus has won my freedom. Away from me, Satan. And the scripture tells us that God's promise is fulfilled, is filled, or God's word is filled with promises that we can throw at the evil one. The Lord has promised me life and salvation. Jesus has washed my sin away in the waters of baptism. Jesus lays down his life for me. I am free. As St. John says, my little children, I am writing these things to you. So that you may not sin. I think that we need to hear that. We need to hear. We don't have to sin. Paul also asks Should we continue in sin? And he, his answer is By no means. We were crucified with Christ in baptism, we are set free from sin. We do want to struggle against it. But let me be clear, we cannot earn salvation by not sinning. Whether we commit actual sins or not, we will always need something. Forgiveness. Forgiveness for even the sin that lies within And thanks be to God that the Holy Spirit also had John write this. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation, not just was. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the holy, for the whole world. Holy Spirit, help us to ever dwell in that forgiveness. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.